0: Hey guys, welcome to the Luke Simons podcast. On today's episode, we have Dan England here from Team Ecto. Dan, thank you for coming on board.
1: My pleasure, man. Happy to be here.
0: Thank you for having me on. Hey, we've been um, trying to tee this up for a a bit. We finally (laughs) finally got it done. Um, Yeah, Yeah. thanks, man. So we're actually currently in lockdown. So obviously we're doing this over Zoom, but um, pretty much Dan is... If you don't know Dan, Dan is the owner of Team Ecto Company and the Team Ecto Gym HQ as well. Is that how you call it? You just call it HQ?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, the abbreviation for headquarters, which will kind of tee up quite nicely with, you know, what we're going to be talking about and stuff and why I actually built it. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm obviously the owner of Team Ecto Consulting. And I just had my new baby, which is the gym. So, yeah.
0: Lovely, man. And he specializes in all things body composition. You know, he's a madman with fitness, health, uh, competitions. Um, He's made a massive name for himself in the Perth scene and coming over to the east side as well. So it's a pleasure to have you on board, man. But um, pretty much where I wanted to get stuck in, too, because you obviously do a lot of podcasts and you go into a really specific Um, areas of nutrition and training but i want to kind of get more of a story on yourself and pretty much coming into high school were you always interested in what you're doing now or what's your storyline with it all
1: no i'm so funny enough when i was in high school um i was actually pretty i was quite a nerd i was a bit of a loner to to an extent to be perfectly honest so um growing up i was heavily into like watching shows so my favorite one was csi i love that shit um, doesn't make me a serial killer or a psychopath in any shape or form, but I just kind of like the science side. So I actually did um, my ATARs primarily focusing on becoming a forensic scientist. So did that for a while, um, and then pretty much, I think it was like year 12, kind of had like a swing around. So at that time, I was uh, doing a lot of trainings, doing a lot of martial arts, and I had like pretty much a busted up shoulder um, from doing that. And as a result, I had to go see a physio. And it wasn't until I'd seen the physio and kind of seen what they did. And I, it really kind of like imprinted on me. And I went, okay, well, I'm going to go and do physiotherapy. So obviously, I had to meet with the careers the guide and go, okay, I don't want to do forensic science anymore. I want to be a physio. Uh, what's the ATAR I need to do? What's the prereq units? And they said, I was doing physics and chemistry already um, in advanced level, and I had no human biology. So I had to basically crash course human bio, for a whole year in preparation to do it. And I got the ATAR. So I got the ATAR, proceeded to obviously do um, physio at um, Edith County University, and then they lost their accreditation. So I went, yeah, yeah. So I went, okay, shit. Well, I have two options. I can either go to one of the other units, so, you know, like uh, Curtin, and do it through there or Notre Dame. And I went, "Mm, it's too far of a a ride on my Push bike, so I'm going to stay at ECU and did a sports sciences there. My undergraduate, which then led on to doing nutrition and exercise physiology, and then from there my master's
0: degree. God damn! So wait, 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 hold on, slow down. So you did, have,
1: <laughs> you did have a license. <laughs> um, so that's another kind of funny, um, funny kind of thing. So I, I have a, I did have a license. Um, it wasn't anything illegal or anything like that. So. I ended up having what's known as kind of like, I kind of, the way I explain to people is imagine like a computer, when you're running too many programs, the computer shuts down. So when I'm doing way too much stuff, I get a little bit stressed, a little bit anxious, and I kind of reboot. And the reboot, uh, you know, human terms is I have a seizure. So it's uh, like a stress induced epilepsy. So as a result of that, I couldn't drive because I was a risk to people on the road. So yeah, I rode a push bike and my parents. And my parents, I will have to say my parents were absolutely amazing, driving me everywhere and nowhere and a few friends. So petrol money was given.
0: God damn, that's awesome, man. So how, how long was it <laughs> like studying and doing your master's, your exercise, um, all your degrees, man? How, what was the timeline?
1: That? So that was, I took three years for my undergrad. And then a year on the postgraduate for um, EP, so exercise, fizz, and then nutrition, and then two years as a master's student. So looking at about six to seven years in total. I had to do some summer and winter school units to kind of get the accredited points I needed to then go into that class straight away.
0: So yeah. And when did it start to happen when you, start, when you started thinking, oh, I want to do contest prep, or I want to do like this, this whole new kind of fitness scene? When did that come around?
1: um the contest stuff to be honest i kind of kind of fell into it to be perfectly frank um i i was kind of on the on the side i was working with a few um kind of like set three and four courses like uh, as a guest presenter so i'd go in just talk nutrition to them uh to all the set three and fours kind of showing the guidelines what's recommended for them and then i got approached by um two people afterwards and they went hey where where's like six seven weeks out from our show and we kind of were a little bit plateaued what can we do and i said i'd help them out so i helped them out and they actually did really really well so I was, um, and credit goes to them and still to this day i literally was just the guy doing the final touches and kind of adjusted a few things that they were doing and did really well and then from there i had a lot more people kind of inquire and went hey can you help me and it kind of flourished from there really so I mean, literally, when I fell into it, I fell into it. It wasn't something I was actively seeking. I was quite happy just dealing with people for weight loss and just looking good. And so, yeah, so it's kind of evolved from that to what it is today, which is quite quite lucky. And I'm still still blessed to this day for those two people. So, yeah, uh, Luke and Stacey, if you ever listen to this, thank
0: you so much. <laughs> um, awesome. And what? So what time was that like? What year was that when you st- when you started doing your first couple? Shit. Um,
1: I'd say it was probably be about 2014, 2015. I would say around about those times. Yeah. So, I mean, no, it'd probably be. I mean, I've been seeing Olivia now for coming up to five years, probably about 2013.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And so, obviously, you got the results, and just people started coming in, and you started kind of fell into it. And now it's going to something that is just you know unbelievable did you ever see your in terms of your business now like did you ever see that as the long game or did it just kind of like no
1: no I'll, I'll be serious i didn't i didn't expect to be in the position i am right now i'm truly blessed you know to have such an amazing team of coaches who we are obviously ever expanding in terms of knowledge and um people who are working with to yeah, i was just thought i was going to be you know the one-man team you know it's you know the the, the PT guy you know just do do my sessions in the day go home on the night and just kind of rinse and repeat and to be able to kind of have a massive impact on people is just truly yeah humbling
0: amazing man because you've got a great team around you obviously i work with you and for you as part of the team ecto team as well and you know you have a solid team with you and you also have obviously team ecto hq so can you walk us through obviously if someone's listening to this podcast and they're just hearing you for the first time like can you kind of give a rundown of where the business is now and the hq
1: yeah okay so um hq is basically stands for headquarters so um it was kind of, I built the gym during COVID, which was kind of the funniest um, and silliest thing a person could ever do. Um, It was, it kind of got to a point I was working out of the gym um, people who follow me know the gym and stuff like that. Um, We had um, at the time, there was four of us working there. um, And then uh, Kieran, who was uh, working at another place. And it kind of got to a point where I was like, you know what, we can probably do this ourselves now. We're generating enough kind of leads our clients are quite um loyal in a sense so they'll uh, move with us and i was some of the stuff i wanted to do there i couldn't do at the gym you know you had to fight for equipment you had to fight for space some of the machines that i wanted weren't there so i went well how why not just design some, a place where i can flourish and be the best i could be but also give a space for people who want to train with no kind of judgments no kind of that looking over your shoulder, oh shit, is that person looking at me? You know that. You know, like the, the one creepy guy in the gym kind of vibe. I never wanted any of that. So, um, being able to build a place where you know we have top of the line equipment, you know, uh, reception is great. You know, the, all the coaches there now are super awesome, and it's just it's just a nice place to be. You know, and that's it. It's like I don't hate going to work. You know, I enjoy going in, you know, I'll get in at 4am some days and I will stay there till eight o'clock at night and I don't care. I am so happy to be there that, you know, I've got one of those couch bed things in case I ever want to fall asleep there and wake up the next day and I can do it again, you know? So that's why I kind of built um, HQ is just to have a place where, you know, coaches and clients like can really be the best they can.
0: Love it, man. And obviously you said that you built it through COVID. Walk me through. What were the biggest struggles of building a gym and doing the whole gym thing in COVID?
1: Um, logistics was the first one. So we found that we found the premise that we wanted. So um, we managed to get that. It was a big warehouse, so big enough to put all the equipment in, everything that we wanted. But it was more so. If anyone is going to build a gym, number one, allow two months extra on whatever the, you're buying. I'll tell you that right now. Like we had predictions that everything was going to be here in October last year. And we are still, right now to this day, still getting some of the equipment in. So that that is, you know, four months on ahead. So like everything, the gym is fully assembled right now. It's just kind of a few things here and there that we're weighing on. Obviously, it's a little bit more bare now because I gave some equipment to clients, obviously, during this lockdown. But when we kind of view that, it took us a lot longer than what we predicted, which was kind of the the biggest thing. Um, secondly, was the layout itself. So I wanted the layout to be perfect where you want not kind of like on top of each other. So it was kind of like a lot of, lot of architectural floor planning, trying to work out where did I want things to go? How did I want it to look? What was the idea I had in my head? And I didn't, didn't really have a lot of help in this situation. It was just kind of myself with an Excel spreadsheet and some graph paper and going, OK, this is what I need. This is how much it's going to cost me. This is where I need to get it from. And then just making it happen
0: yeah so setting up a plan and just executing
1: yeah yeah I say to my clients a lot anyway it's you know we we work we plan the work and work the plan so it was pretty much that you know the plan I had in my head for a month before I made any decision and then it was kind of like I notified all my coaches and went this is how it's going to go down and they were all super supportive which was amazing so happy for that they decided to take the leap with me and it's just grown ever since
0: I love that man and Actually, the funny thing is, is you just said that um, I'm reading a book from Jocko Willink, um, the Navy oh, yeah. and I literally read a line from him this morning, and it was um, "Plan the dive, dive the plan." In a sense, and that's exactly what you yeah said.
1: yeah. Was, I love Jocko's mentalities. You know, like discipline equals freedom, all that sort of stuff. So um, it's and it it's paramount. You know, what I mean, like it's everyone kind of comes into you know this going, you know, I'm going to have. You know, hundreds of clients, I'm gonna have, you know, a six-figure business, whatever the hell their goal may be. But then there's no kind of plan or they don't reverse engineer how to get to that point. So it's like, you know, I had in my idea this this gym, this HQ, and I knew exactly what was going in. I knew where everything was going to be set, I knew who I wanted to work there. I I even even down to the colors, you know, I knew exactly where I wanted everything to be. And it was just a point of getting it in there and making it happen. And it's, you know. Uh, you've seen the gym yourself it's a phenomenal facility so yeah it's definitely something i'm proud of right now
0: no it's definitely a it's a crazy gym like you should be very proud because i, I go up there pretty much every week and what you got yeah. in there is just mental and i think like you probably saw it on my face when like obviously i've been coming over <laughs> in the last few months and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger with all the equipment, like more equipment here and more. Yeah. And I'm just like, at the start, I was like, man, this is sick. And now I like, last time I went there, I was like, dude, this is intense, man. Like my, my mouth just kept, yeah. it keeps getting like lower and lower every time I go in there. Cause I'm like, God <laughs> "Damn, you got this, you got that. It's just mental, man. And um, I think, you know, it's a state-of-the-art facility, man, and obviously working out of you know Raw Fitness, one of the the top performance gyms in Perth. Like you definitely have the same stuff, if not better, you know. So it's top line sort of stuff. It's not no no cheap cheap shit.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of the thing is I um, and it's, it goes with anything, you know. If you pay cheap, you pay twice. So all <laughs> the stuff that we bought. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so a lot of the stuff that we did buy was, yeah, it did cost us a pretty penny. It did cost us, you know, our firstborn child and stuff like that. But it is worth in the long run. We're not going to have any breakdowns, knock on wood, um, any kind of faults. It's everything's was handpicked and selected for exactly the purpose of it. Um, and you know, we are looking to try and get even more equipment in, but that is coming down to potentially getting a bigger facility in itself. And you know, we've only been there for six months.
0: Yeah, you haven't even hit the potential of what you got in there. Like in terms of you still have things coming in, so it's like yeah, and you're still thinking of what's next.
1: <laughs> That's it. It's always you know I'm I'm satisfied, but I'm never satisfied. You know, I want to make sure that every and it goes even to my own coaching principles. You know, like I'm happy with you know clients, the results again, stuff like that. But I'm always looking, what can I do better? What can I do better? And it's always the way that it will be for myself, whether it's you know improving. Uh, strategies, methodology, um, the way I communicate, how do I set up my systems? Everything is what can I do to make this more better and more efficient?
0: I love that, man. That's so good. And going back to what you mentioned prior before was re engineering goals. I think that is such an important thing for AKA success or whatever you want to call it in a, in a sense. And <laughs> what are the first personal development courses i ever did what blew my mind was understanding having a goal but then re-engineering it and then understanding okay what do you have to do every single day and then every single week every single month every single year to achieve that goal that alone has just blew my mind and and did, did you do that from the start or was it more towards the end
1: um it was always at the start for me with everything i did i'm very um more better with numbers, if that makes sense. So I kind of looked in and went, okay, um, what did I need to kind of make fair minimum so I can live, you know, uh, quite freely? And then from there, I would just add on to that. Okay, well, could I make this? Could I do this? What do I need to do to get that? And then from there, I'll re- reverse engineer it to go, okay, I need to do this step today. You know, it might, might have been as simple as, you know, I didn't have a coffee once a day, you know, or it might be I go make my own. It was small shit like that paid massive dividends in the long run and it's the same thing that we tell clients you know by doing one little to do or to be done on your list will yield big outcomes down it's a, like a ripple effect you know one little drop is going to make massive ripples and that's kind of the same process we have you know when you reverse engineering a goal say for example if you measure success uh, financially and you go okay i need to make a thousand dollar a week okay well a thousand dollar a week is how much uh, per day Okay, well, how much is that per client? And then that's where you can kind of break it down and go, okay, now I've made my thousand dollars. Okay, well, what's the next one? It might be one thousand two hundred, might be two thousand, whatever that is, you reverse engineer it and you just keep upgrading it every time.
0: Love that. Did you? Okay, a, I've got a question, right? So, say I'm a, I'm a personal trainer, just getting straight into the industry, right? Fresh out the fresh off the boat, you know, straight out of fit college or whatnot. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, I start making a little bit of money. Um, Should I be looking at like setting some money aside to reinvest in my own knowledge and personal development? Yes.
1: Yes, 100%. So to give people a bit of an understanding, when I first started, I pretty much divvied about 80% straight back into myself. 20% went into it. Yeah, it's a big fucking number. I totally agree. But 20% went to an emergency fund. But I knew that 80% going into whatever I needed to be the best version I could be for not me, but for my clients, because at the end of the day, that's what that's people who are paying me. They're paying me for a service, and I need to make sure I can deliver said service. If I promise someone I can get them abs in 12 weeks, you best fucking believe that I'm getting them abs in 10 and I've just over delivered. You know, so then that way they're going to go, wow, this guy's really good. You know, he, he knows what he's doing. So I spent thousands tens of thousands in my first few years of being a coach to be the best i could be and it's still to this day you know i'm right now i'm currently doing three different courses you know um my my wife is doing another one with me just to keep me on track you know all my coaches are doing at least two courses individually to be the best versions they can be you know so when you look at that and these guys have been in the industry for years and they're still upskilling so there's no excuse. And this is the kind of thing is people go, oh, it comes down to a money side. Okay, well, you know, there's a lot of free uh, resources online that you can find, you know? There's so many good coaches on Instagram. So instead of scrolling through your, you know, your mon- monotonous kind of booty shots or whatever that you see on the gram, maybe follow some of these guys who can actually provide free content for you that might allow you to be better than what you are right now.
0: Exactly, man. I think that an objection of, um, oh, hey, I don't have money right now. It's more coming down to understanding this course is going to make you more money. So if your objection is, hey, I don't have much money now, it means that you need it even more. Like, it's not like, oh, I I can't do it anymore. It's like, find a way then. And that's what I did was I got, when I I was buying my first um, couple of grand programs, I didn't have much money. So I got a credit card and then I bought that course and that course made me, tens of thousands of dollars just from purchasing it then and then i could just literally get rid of my credit card but I, I i took a chance took a risk and that's when the whole re-engineering goals kind of came in and that's if i didn't just purchase that two thousand dollar course i would have just been like staying the same for eternity pretty much
1: yeah and that's and that's kind of the biggest things is if you deem something valuable nothing's going to stop you from obtaining it you know if you if you look at something and go, I really want this, and it's in kind of your heart of hearts that that is exactly what you need right now to get you to where you want to be, you're going to do it. I'm saying there's no there's no kind of argument about that, you know? And if you come up with an objection, then that's that's kind of your own problem in that sense. So a good a good example, if we relay it back to HQ, is some of the machines in there, a couple of couple thousands of dollars, you know? Like, shit, my fan is a $16,000 fan. I did not question when I bought it. Yeah, it's a it is a legitimate big ass fan. All right. And that is the name of the actual company, you know, but we needed it. So first I moment that they said this is how much it's gonna cost, I didn't even ban an eyeball. I went, yeah, cool, we need it. You know, we need it because it's gonna help, you know, my end goal, which is to build one of the best facilities. So that's so it. You don't kind of question, you don't have doubt. It's kind of like you just jump in and then you kind of realize afterwards it's like, oh shit, do I know how to swim? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking learn on the spot, you know, and you kind of make it, it's like the whole fake it till you make it. It's like, yeah, it does have merit in that sense. Um, but yeah, I definitely would invest in myself over and over again, no matter what.
0: Exactly right, man. I think the best investment you can make is in yourself. And that's what I try and strive towards with my business and my products. Like right now, I'm undergoing multiple three courses, one my main focus now is copywriting and understand what makes people the psychology around words and what makes them kind of jump out and what people what people want to buy and what they resonate to so i think like always understanding it's not just because oh i learned how to make a video or i know how to market something i i'm just going to stay here because that mentality will get you yeah nowhere fast but i think get, everyone get is,
1: you yeah
0: yeah i think everyone gets you, get you nowhere Exactly, man. But I think like that's why there's such a kind of like a a small success rate in the fitness industries because those 10% or whatever it is, 10 or 20% who succeed, they're the ones who are actually reinvesting. And the people who are listening to this podcast, honestly, are the people who are probably like 98% of them probably going to be reinvesting straight into themselves. And they understand that, which
1: is yeah. And the 2% that aren't,
0: I hope that they do. Exactly. Well, the people who listen to podcasts and always work on themselves um, to be better are always the people who are the best ones to work with as well. I think.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's, I always have the mentality, especially you know, I am. I will say, handle my heart. I am not the best. Then I could name at least five people off the top of my head who are better than me than what I do. And you know what? Great. I love them for that. You know, then most of them are my friends. You know, so but I'm going to make sure that I can still stay in the room. You know, I'm still going to hang with them and be able to have conversations with them and go, you know what? Yeah. Like I might not know what you know right now, but give me, give me a month, give me six months. We're going to be able to have conversation. We're going to be able to communicate on level. That makes it seem that I'm not like the the kid in the corner with the dunce hat on, you know, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm, you know, and, and that's how it should always be. You know, if you're the smartest
0: person in the room, leave the room. Yeah. I love that. man. You know, it's, in terms of um what's your thoughts on the lockdown now obviously we've been we're four days into lockdown now um how's business been with pivoting to to count like to cope with lockdown
1: business um for for us we're kind of really lucky in a sense number one it's like you said it's it's a four-day lockdown out of potentially five so far uh, right so nothing's really changed since the previous time the last one was like six months you know, if we implicate the same strategies as what we did in the six month lockdown in a five day one, we're gonna be okay. So we had programs run up. We had everything that people needed. We had the, the constant video calls, the, the updates and uh, Facebook groups, everything like that. Nothing was changed or altered since the six month one. We just now did it in a shorter time period. So I feel what we're seeing a lot is the people who kind of had the backup plan ready just kind of pulled it out. The ones that didn't, that's when you're going to see everyone kind of freaking out, losing their shit and going like, oh, you know, uh, clients, if you, if you need a new program, here you go. It's like, okay, well, number one, most people don't have, you know, a squat rack in their garage because they probably sold it because we didn't anticipate that this was going to happen. They might just have a dumbbell. Okay, well, hey, we have a few dumbbell programs that we can give you. Again, it's only for five days so far. So, I mean, if you have nothing, you can do a pretty badass bodyweight workout. I mean, look at all the you know, um, the guys at Raw Cali, Raw Cali you know, Chamber with Josh and stuff. Yeah, they are insane with what they do. Granted, I'm never going to do a handstand in my life. It's just not, not in my nature. I'm probably just going to go ass over tip. But I can guarantee you that they're probably just looking at this guy. Business as usual. Man. So, I
0: so, sorry, yeah,
1: continue. Go. Cool. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. You, you go. You go. <laughs> I was just on the phone call with Josh the other day, and I was like, man, like you, like look, even last year, I was like, man, this is a massive opportunity for you. People are yeah. now frothing at the teeth for how. Okay, what do I need to do with body weight, like movement, calisthenics? And I'm like, dude, jump on this now. Like, this is super important because it's like, because it's it's a normal day for him.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a normal day in paradise for him. You know, like where. Yeah we're predominantly an online coaching company. So even though we have the gym, we we were online before we got the gym. Like I got the gym purely because I needed a place to kind of settle down. So for me, it was still, you know, doing my emails, doing uh, my client programs, my calls, like messaging clients. So nothing's really kind of changed. It's just I've moved from one office space to this office space, you know, like we had all the programs ready to go with all the videos and, everything and it's pretty much business as usual might need to alter some nutrition obviously based on reduced outputs but it's nothing really kind of like i didn't have to change anything you know what i mean like everything was already sorted and that's kind of the thing it's like you know i'm seeing seeing all these people going like oh here's my uh, at home program with uh, I, I don't know fucking water bottle or something like that and it's like okay why why not just do some sort of body weight variances? You know I'm um, like yeah cool bottle bottle of water is great I'll probably use it to drink but that you you know what I mean so yeah. I feel like it's like there's a, there's kind of like yeah there's just this whole kind of trying to catch the market now and it should have been done ages ago if that was the situation so I feel it's yeah it's I, I don't know why but yeah that's how I've kind of viewed it
0: yeah. I think um, obviously me and you working together over the first kind of lockdown, like we had, we, yeah. how many assets did we build over We built so many assets. Like you wrote all these programs up. I came in, we filmed it. We, we created all these video tutorials. Every, like you literally were sitting on so many assets that like when lockdown hit you you're probably just like, Oh, sweet. We'll just change the system to this one. I, I remember
1: that when they announced that, that was So at that point in time, we had, um, we got you round, I remember this, it was 15 different programs we read up. So it was 15 and this was varying from everything from a barbell to a a backpack. I remember this and we got you in and we filmed every single exercise, programs already done. And then we had Dropbox links on the program so that people can access the movement to see exactly how it should have been performed.
0: You know, so and then, so you wrote a
1: book. When, and then I, yeah, and then I got
0: bored and I wrote a book.
1: Yeah, there was well, six months. It's not much to do in that time. So I remember, uh, yeah, I wrote a book as well. Um, granted, it, it was, it was fun for me. It was one on nutrition. So that's obviously my specialty. I'm actually um, low key in the process of writing another one with uh, one of my other coaches. So that should be um, really, really good when that comes out. Um, but yeah, it was in the situation of we had everything ready, and then when the kind of the hammer dropped and we went, okay, tomorrow at midday, no one can go in the gym anymore. Everyone's freaking out, and I went, hey, we have these programs that will keep you tidy for a little bit until you get equipment that you can get your hands on. Once you get your hands on the equipment, let us know. We will start customizing programs for you because some people are going out the way to buy, you know, racks on Gumtree and. You know, dumbbells from some guy that cost them, you know, the price of their car and stuff like that. So it was easy for them to then go, Hey, I've got this. What can we do? Okay, no worries. Let's sit back. Let me get to work. I'll write up this program, write up the explanations and kind of the rationale behind it and how we're going to still create progress. But now it was a, it was a lot more calmer. There wasn't a lot of people kind of losing their minds over it because everyone either had everything they need and knew that we were going to get the programs done for them based around what they have right now. Or they had these ones to tide them over for however long it was needed to be.
0: And I, and. Did I? I think I must have told you this story. Like first lockdown, um, I bought. We bought about me and my partner bought about seven grams worth of equipment, and at, <laughs> corona, at coronavirus prices, that's about three dumbbells. So like, it's. I was ridiculous. gonna
1: say yeah. You got you got two, three, and four kilo dumbbells. Let's be real. Yeah.
0: The, the people were selling bloody weights ten dollars per kilo. So we paid through the nose for this stuff, right? Yeah. And then. The gear didn't come till the day that gyms opened anyway. So then I was like, "Are you bloody serious?" So I was like, "Well, stuff it." You know what? I'm just going to work out from the garage. So I've been working out from my garage since that first lockdown. And as soon as this other lockdown happened, I'm like, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take so- like, I'm going to take full advantage of this." Like, stuff. It. I feel so yeah. good, and I'm just so stoked that I kept the the gym equipment because I was like, "Oh, I don't need it anymore. I can go to another gym." But I'm like, "Stuff it." I love the convenience of it, and now I now I love training from my garage.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I remember, um, I rented some equipment. So it was a barbell and some weight plates, and um, from, um, the place I was working at and they kind of went, oh, you know, you, you, are paying for the rent. And I went, yeah, cool. No worries. So I was happy to do it anyway. Cause you know, support, support the businesses and stuff like that. And then I bought some more weights cause I was like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting to a point now where I need more in terms of stimulus. So like I was, you know, I only had 90 kilos. So, I mean, I could, rows and presses were pretty hard for me, but like RDLs and squats, it was, you know, you're doing like sets of 20. I'm like, okay, this is now getting to an exhaustive point. And I did the same thing. I bought, I bought weights and pretty much uh, gyms over back up and these weights got delivered to me. And I was just like, oh shit. Like I gave the bar away already, you know? So I had these weights that were in boxes still. And I was like, okay, cool. I got, I got these 20s and I got 15s, but I have no bar. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I kept holding them. They're actually in my gym now. So no one knows that, but they're, they're actually in my gym and they match perfectly with everything else we bought because we bought all from the same company. So I was like, okay, this is, this is not too bad, you know?
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, man, let's Well, they'll probably be the most expensive, uh, bloody weights in that gym for sure. I mean, coronavirus prices, man, I was on the gum tree for ages and it was just ridiculous pricing, man. Like for just stuff that was like 2006 made. And I'm like, man, like why am I paying like four grand for a bloody squat setup, Which is shit.
1: It's, it's kind of like supply and demand.
0: You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, (laughs) It's just basic principles of business. So yeah, should, should personal trainers start thinking about if they're not online, should they start thinking about doing stuff online?
1: Um, I feel, I feel that's a it's a yes and no kind of question in terms of number one, I feel if you are starting brand new out, I probably wouldn't go straight to online. Um, you haven't had enough time to build communication, uh, kind of a rapport, if that makes sense, or like a, a respectability in the industry to go, okay, you know, you actually know what you're on about, but also the, the knowledge in the gym. You know, I, if someone's sending you a video of how their form is and it's only on one angle, And you haven't asked for any more, then, you know, how, how can you correct that? How can you assess that? You know, so smaller things like that will take massive amount of time to go, okay, I can see exactly everything that's going on. You know, I can look at a client's video. That's, you know, I always ask for 45 degree angle videos anyway. So it's always, I get some sort of frontal and side shot and I could go, okay, this is where we need to work. Okay. This is what's going on here. You know, that's took years of me being in an actual gym. I still coach people one-on-one now. You know, so I'm not hundred percent online. So I, I enjoy the clients. I train one-on-one. And so I have that luxury, you know, of being able to do that, but it's still, I mean, I didn't look into online probably until about, I was about three, four years into actual coaching. So for me, that was never a, a site that I set my eyes on. You know, I was always going, okay, I need to be really, really good at my job, hone in on that continue to upskill myself and then I went okay it might be time where I need to start doing online and, and that only came purely because there was, I remember this quote from you which was good and still kind of sticks in my mind you have all the time in the world and no money or all the money in the world in no time so from that kind of sense I was I had no, literally no time you know you're doing 30 sessions a day and you're, you're getting pretty, pretty tired and you're kind of capping yourself there. So the only way you can either go forward is either have someone who's going to work under you as like an apprentice or I call them protégés because I find that's quite a fun play on words. Um, and then you kind of train them up, upskill them and then they can take some of the client load and then, you know, kind of uh upward stream from there. Or you go onto online and now you can
0: kind of do more work for the same time limit. Love it. Yeah, but, definitely. I think... Um it's it's crazy you always got to think about moving up to that next level man and um it's but i think getting the foundations right and setting yourself up for success long term because communication is super key like the like even if you just get have skill sets and communication face-to-face it's going to be 10 million times better than communication over email or something like that and understanding how people communicate is so important for that because once you um, remove the aspect of looking at or hearing tonality and then looking at facial expression um, you've taken pretty much 80 to 90% of communication away. And now you're only left with the words, which is like 10% or even less. I think it's like five to 10%. So it's like, you now have to gauge out of that. And then they have to communicate and they have to receive communication from you. So it's like, yeah, it's such a, I think it's a harder dynamic in a sense um, to especially keep people long-term as well.
1: Yeah, um, let's be, and we can say this uh, for me, let's be real. I'm I'm a pretty blunt human being. You know, I say, I say it as it is, um, if people don't know that about me already, I thoroughly um, apologize for wasting your time on this podcast, but it is what it is. So for me to be able to express words to certain clients, like I may only write two or three words, you know, and it's like, how's this? Yeah, good. You know, it's, you know, you did everything exactly as executed. I'm happy with the outcome, but I'm not going to go like, Oh wow, you did amazing. High five. It's like, no, that's you did what was expected. Good job. Now continue it for the remaining sets. The only time and some people take that tonality is, you know, I'm being, you know, an asshole or I'm unappreciative. And it's like, well, no, it's just that's how I communicate with people, because that's how I got brought up when I was getting coached by other people. It's like, this is how you did it. So in that sense, sometimes I don't get the get the client that way. And I'm okay with that. You know, like I might not be a good fit in terms of communication, but I've got friends who will be able to communicate better with you. You might get along with them like house on fire. But. The clients i do have do stay with me for a longer period of time because we get along very well they understand kind of the tone with everything and if they don't i tend to do video responses so i will literally sit there in front of my laptop have my phone set up and i will communicate via video and then send it to them so they can see everything about that so it's making sure systems are set in place where people can understand kind of your expressions your your quirks like even the way that you say certain things and then they go okay that's what he meant by that you know oh he's He's not a, he's not an ass. He, he actually does care, you know?
0: <laughs> I, I love that, man. And I think I'm um, work, starting working with you as well has, um, I experienced the same thing with you because I, I came from a, like, oh, we got to be super nice. You know, we got to say 10 million, billion words um, in one sentence that only means one thing. Yes. Or it's just like, you really, really need to extend certain sentences and then like kind of started working with you and, you know, hearing those one, two words, um, answers. I'm like, Oh shit. Like what's going on here. But then I, then I came into the business and I, I looked at the business. I looked at the way that you monitored everything. I was like, dude. And I even had like a, like a, 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 ha moment when I saw you, how you worked. I was like, man, he gets so much shit done. I'm wasting fucking 12 minutes trying to write an email, just saying, yes, yeah, we, I'll meet you at 6 PM when I could just <laughs> either, if and I was reading a book and it was like, if, if it takes more than one sentence to say in an email, call them. And that's what you do. It's yeah. like, you either call me or if it's a simple, Hey Dan, do you mind if I do this? And you're like, yes. Like it's, it's just more efficient. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's nothing. And honestly, I didn't think of it as like a business strategy. It's just how I am as a, a person. Like given it, it shits my wife to tears. Um, when she'll ask me a question and it's like, a, like you decide. And it's she's like, she's like, no, no, no. Like, I want your opinion on this. And it's like, yeah, if you want, like, you know what I mean? So, and it's nothing, nothing against that. It's just how, how I kind of work is with my, my clients. Like our checking form is thoroughly intense. It answers every question that I need to know. So if I look at my check-in form and go, okay, I see these things are kind of pinging up here. Okay. Hey, I will respond and go, I need you to work on this thing. Here's how you're going to do it. And I'll send the appropriate uh, files or documents or strategies needed to make sure that we can work on that, you know? And if I can't do that, I'm going to call them up and go, hey, what's going on? Like, do we need to catch up in person? Do we need to do this? Like, what, what is the way that we can do it to make sure that everything moves smooth sailing?
0: I love that, man. Yeah, and I d- I've definitely learned a lot from working with you in a, um, and just seeing that. And I think I'll, I'm trying to incorporate that more into instead of me wasting a lot more time um, in writing massive emails, just give a person a call or send them a video message. Yeah. And that's it, man. And being more efficient and I get way more, I get 400% more things done that way rather than like just walking around the answer. So I love that, man. So I got one more question I need to ask you as well. Um, Yes, sir. Obviously working face-to-face, you still work face-to-face now, but some personal trainers and gym owners, um, mostly personal trainers want to kind of know, what was the transition like from face to face to online? Did you just go all online or was it like a gradual slow process and how does it look?
1: Um, so I, I it still, it still is a kind of a slow process. So what I normally say to a lot of people is it comes down to the the client. So some clients say that they want online, but in reality they want face to face. So where you've got to look at that is how long has the person been training for, you know, is, are they able to take instructions and know how to do it perfectly or do they need kind of a helping hand still, you know, because if I've got a client who might not understand how to do a certain move properly, they don't understand what the plan is. They don't understand all this. They might require them to come in. You know, am I going to turn around and kind of go, no, I'm an online coach. Like you don't have that luxury. Like, no, you know, at the end of the day, my job is to help people, you know, and, I kind of say to everyone is like, I'm a coach first, business owner second, I got into this industry to help people not to make money. Like I personally don't check my bank. I don't give a fuck what money is in there because I care more about helping people than I do about, you know, am I able to go on a holiday this weekend or some shit? You know what I mean? Like I never, that has never been my end goal. I don't view success in terms of finance and I never have, and I don't think I ever will, you know? So when I look at that is if a person's having a hard time and they don't kind of grasp the certain things i'm going to catch up with them i'm going to train with them one day you know that might be you know we go to the gym we train we talk they get understand everything and then they're okay for a while you know so that might be every now and then that i catch up with them some people might need that every week they might need that twice a week it depends on what they need you know and then obviously from there we then tell them okay this is the what we what the pricing is in relation to that but I always say it comes down to the individual. You know, I have some clients who are absolutely amazing, don't need to really check up on them. They just get the shit done, you know? And then I can message them on, you know, social media, hey, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. Anything I can help you with? Nope. Perfect. My job is done. Whereas other people might need constant updates and constant reassurance to say, are you going okay? Yeah, I'm going okay. Okay. Is there anything I can do to make this better? You know, and that's kind of the thing. But we, again, it's a two-way kind of relationship in that sense. You know, if I don't know that's going on, I can't help that. So it kind of, that's where the communication line comes back in. you need to be able to have that kind of trust with your coach that he's not going to ridicule you or belittle you because you don't understand how to do something properly.
0: Is it in terms of like, if you can tell someone who um, is like, if someone comes up to you and says, Hey, I want online, but really they want face to face. Is that just because like they're inexperienced with um, working out? Is that, do you reckon the cause of that? It,
1: it, it might it might just even be the way that they get things. So normally we say to a lot of clients, we will do online,
0: um, obviously primarily
1: because that's we are able to help a lot more people with that. But if someone kind of goes, hey, you know, it would be really cool if we can catch up. I have a few questions. I want to kind of go through some stuff. I'm going to go, yeah, sure. When are you free? And then obviously if it fits in our rosters and fits in our times, then we're going to catch up for sure. You know, um, we... Do that anyway with all our clients we obviously have the the access to do fortnight measurements so we can see them in person anyway and it allows them to kind of see the person that we're working with as well so you know rather than going like you know on a video or like a phone call or anything they can actually see and kind of go like oh my god like that's you know so and so and then that's they have ed-do. that kind of oh my god I fucking, I fucking hate that it's like oh my god it's saying it's like uh, most of the time i'm just sitting there on my mr
0: england here. mr england <laughs>
1: I've, I have never been called that before. And I don't think I'm ever going to get called that again,
0: but me, yeah. that's the
1: thing. Yeah. Just by you. But when we kind of look at that, that's kind of how it should be. You know, it's like, if someone's not sure or they need a little bit of help, our job is to help. Does that, is, it's as stupid as it sounds like I, I, it's funny that I have to go on like, you know, a podcast and go, our job as coaches is to help people. You know what I mean? Like, when does it become a point where it's like, you know, our job is to make as much money and do photos of us chewing on the beach. It's like, the, the fuck? Like, like, you know, the, the coaches, the coaches are doing that sort of stuff. Like, man, it's a, the Instagram versus reality thing. I'll tell you that right now. Like, you know, the coaches that I know and I look up to aren't having days off, you know? And if they do, it's because they need it. You know, they're there working, like helping as many people as they can, providing great content. And that's how it should be, you know, not, you know, doing a photo, you know, getting that vitamin D or whatever the fucking caption may be.
0: When I was kind of getting into the industry and I was like, oh, like I can only help so many people. But then I was like going into the marketing and content space and a lot of gym owners and personal trainers coming to me. I was like, well, I can, because at, at the end of the day, when I started, what I wanted to do was I wanted to increase the health and decrease obesity as much as possible. And then I was like, well, if I help as many personal trainers help more people, the butterfly effect of that is going to be way more significant than me just kind of having my 30, 40 people. And that's it.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, so you're doing it, you're basically doing it for the right reasons. You
0: know, you're there because you want to
1: help people, you know, whoever they may be, you know, it's not like you're going to turn someone away it's going to be, okay, you know, this might not be for you right now, but here, I recommend you go look up this, read this, do this, and next, you know, when you're ready, you can come chat to me again. So that's how it should be, you know? It's, and, yeah, it's it's kind of, that's why I say, when I say to people on psych, like, they go, oh, well, how, how should you go about it? And it's like, man, invest in yourself, you know? At the end of the day, this is a results-based service, you know? And whatever the result
0: or the, the service may be for that is that is your own game inspiring people to, to like when I kind of started creating content it was like because how I got inspired was viewing consuming content I was like man I want to look like that dude or I want to be able to lift that or something like that so that inspired me to kind of get into the health and fitness game and watching Geordie Shore of course and seeing all the that <laughs> fun party. <laughs> I was like wow I want to look like that guy on Geordie Shore <laughs> wow
1: wow that's I mean, I was always the, I was always the skinny guy. I still am the skinny guy. Like if anyone kind of points it out, it's like, oh, Dan, oh, you mean the skinny dude with the top knot? It's like, "Yep, yeah, that's me. Like, so, I mean, to, to this day, you know, I'm still being referred to as that dude. I'm okay with that. I'm happy to wear that badge, you know, because, you know, I can at least talk the talk, you know, I can walk it with my clientele base. Uh, you're getting and, you bigger know, though, man.
0: Every, every time I see you, you're getting bigger. Uh,
1: nah it's just it's just quarantine fluff you know day day five of the bulk you know, am i right <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man well we got to wrap it up there man i really yeah. appreciate you um coming on board dude i hope a lot of people took a lot out of this conversation and um that um they can implement some strategies into their own business or even if they're interested in getting into the industry as well they can kind of take some um tips and tricks away but um where can people find out like more about you man or where where can they find you
1: um so obviously the best way is um social media so instagram is probably the best so it's just uh my handle is at dan underscore team ecto so obviously team ecto um and then if anyone has any questions want any advice help or anything like that just drop me a message i'm happy to help whoever so
0: yeah lovely man and obviously like you do do, um, I'm not too sure how many, if you're going to do workshops this year or whatnot, but you have been like, you do help some people if they want to learn more about personal development, because obviously a big part of this podcast was investing in yourself. So maybe that could be yeah. something along, along the horizon. Um, we,
1: I am planning on doing something like that um, in the future. I know um, I've spoken to you about it um, briefly, where we might be, putting together some courses and stuff like that and some workshops. Um, it's a little Gosh, sh- right up. now, but <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely, definitely something we will be looking to do um, just to kind of help, um, you know, upscale as many people as we can really. And that's, that's the entire game, you know, just so want to kind of leave a mark and leave a, an imprint, you know, to help people rather than to be, you
0: know, just another,
1: just another PT, you know what I mean?
0: Lovely. So go check out Dan on um, Instagram at Dan Team Ecto, and keep um, up to date with everything he's got. But thanks, Dan. I appreciate your time today, buddy. No
1: worries, mate. Take it easy.